0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Block Talk Radio.
3: Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy night.
4: Sweet, have Her
3: hollow gold. That sweet surprise. Her hands are never cold. She's got bady days aside. She'll turn the music on you. You won't have to think twice. She's pure as New York snow. She got bady days aside. And she you. All the her just to please you She's so cold, yes, And she knows just what it takes to make a problem she got credit cardinal stand side She's got better day besides She'll let you take
4: her
3: home
5: Track where great battles are waged, where fearless drivers like Bush, Harvick, and Keselowski spar in the ultimate spectacle. It's the track where playoff hopes go up in flames. Witness the drama unfold at the AAA Texas 500, Sunday, November 3rd, with a sights and sounds two-pack. Two tickets and a scanner as low as ninety nine dollars at TexasMotorSpeedway.com.
6: I'm NASCAR driver Daniel Hemrick, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio.
7: Good evening from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim. the alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com com Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. The way the crow flies, I'm about eight miles south of this 2.66 mile monster, we call Talladega Super Speedway. Stephen, how you doing this evening, bro?
1: I'm trying
7: to make it tonight. That's right. It's to Lester's though Stephen's a little bit up under, up under the weather. Stephen, thank you for even trying to call in. So, uh, We'll let you get out of here as soon as, you know, whenever you don't feel like it, we'll just let you jump. But, again, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tennis Bain, alongside Speedway, But you Mr. Stephen Wilton. i want to give a big shout-out to my good friend, Paul Sigla. Uh, Sigla, however you say it, Paul, don't don't let me butcher it up, but, uh, he come he come wheeling in here in the pit stop just a few minutes ago. Paul, senior we engineer there with Mobile One, big in NASCAR with Kevin Harvick and everything. I want to give a big shout out for Paul coming in. He he's actually took Suzanne out to eat tonight at a Fincher Stephen, and uh, you know, like you said, you know, you said we could cancel the show, but i done promoted everything, so uh, I guess me and you are stuck together, and Paul's got Suzanne out there eating probably some shrimp or something.
1: Yeah, um, I saw that he was out there, and uh, uh, you guys, um, he he stopped by for a little while, so um, I've only been to Finchers one time, y'all took me that one time, so um, it was pretty good, uh, waiting get it. Um, Next time I get down that way, I might have to go out again and uh, go to Finchers.
7: That's right. We'll definitely do that. Give Finchers a plug here. Finchers has been around, oh, God, probably way, way before I was even thought of here in Talladega. they got good home cooking there. So if you're ever in Talladega area, I'm going to give Finchers a plug here. Stop by Finchers Delight. It's uh, on Highway 77 just right outside of Talladega North beside the Jack's, Bar- uh, the Jack's Hamburger Joint there. But anyway, Stephen, let's uh, – Let's go ahead and get everything going. Like I said, I know you probably want to jump out of here because you're under the weather, son. But uh, I, I want to uh, play this uh, this interview audio that I had with Ross Chastain prior to the Sugarland T 50 here at Talladega Super Speedway. And uh, you got to listen to this, folks. I mean, you got to. I asked him about the watermelon, how the watermelon deal got going. You got to hear this story about what he tells at Las Vegas Motor Speedway after he won that uh, truck race there. Let's listen to Ross Chastain from uh, Talladega Super Speedway a couple weeks ago. I run up on Ross Chastain here at Talladega Super Speedway, folks. And uh, Ross is the watermelon man, That's what they call him. The races he's won, he spiked to watermelon. Ross, talk about, I know you and your family are uh, watermelon farmers. Talk a little bit about how, how you got to in the watermelon.
8: Yeah, it's, uh, you, you come as an eighth generation watermelon farmer in NASCAR. And I wanted always to, one, just to give watermelon away, just to promote it. Uh, and then there's been different companies involved in, in the industry that want to promote watermelons, and they've used me as their spokesperson and i always had an idea that i would hold a watermelon up if we ever got lucky enough to win one race and we were when we won at vegas last year in the xfinity series we held it up in victory lane then i sat it down and then we went to the media center and we were in there and i sat it on the uh on the glass of the table and it was bending the glass and they asked they stopped the press conference and said can you move that watermelon we're afraid it's going to break the glass and i was like Break your glass, I'll I'll shatter it right here. I don't care. And they were like, you should go bust it on the track. And I was like, that's a really good idea. I was just gonna carry it around all night and eat it. So we went out there like an hour and a half probably after the race, and I got up on the wall and smashed it right there on the start finish line. And some people took cell phone videos of it and stuff. So that's how it started. Honestly, I knew I always wanted to have it around, but I never knew that I was gonna throw it into the ground. And then uh, then I after I guess maybe our second truck race or after after the first one, I thought. I'm going to eat it right off the ground, like dirty and all. I'm just going to pick it up and get some dirt, and that's, i tell you what, it's watermelon has never tasted sweeter than eating it off the ground in victory lane.
7: I heard that, Ross. And uh, just talk a little bit about, you know, you've run with J.D. Motorsports, that's an Xfinity Series there for a, for a few years. And then you then you got the opportunity last year, or your pull to come up through uh, Ganassi, mm-hmm. and, and all that deal happened there with, with D.C. Solar. I want to talk a little bit about, I hadn't talked to you since the race at Darlington last mm-hmm. year, You were running really, really good, and a man by the name of Kevin Hart decided he didn't want you up there, did he?
8: Well, I I think it was just a racing deal. I I don't think that there was any ill will on either side Um, when it all started. It was just racing, and we just got to turn two, the toughest turn at the track, and ran out of racetrack. We both hit the wall. We both took ourselves out of contingent to win that race, so we both both messed up. Uh, I could have definitely done things better, and so could have he. We agreed to disagree that we both messed up and that uh, you just move on.
7: And, Ross, let's talk a little bit about Talladega here, the Steve Fan Experience. if you had a chance to go over there and check that out? First, I want to talk a little bit about the about the truck here. I know she didn't really draft much. She was, like, 22nd in our practice. Was that the reason that everybody else was a little bit faster?
8: That's right, yeah. We just did single truck runs, uh, just no need to go out there and draft. And we, we know the truck will be fine. We know we'll, we will we uh, will you know qualify relatively good, I think, in the low teams, or maybe around 10th to 13th. And from there, we'll be able to. We can win from there, and we don't need to go risk wrecking this truck. Um, not that I think anybody's going to wreck, but why why risk it? And and yeah, I have been over there. I was out there about quarter to seven this morning doing a local interview with local CBS affiliate, and uh, that was it was cool to be right there in Victory Lane and walk through the whole fan display. It's uh, I told him it doesn't look like Talladega anymore. It, it we look like we are upper class.
7: That sounds good, Ross. Well, thank you again for taking time, but I'm going to go ahead and let you thank sponsors, thank anybody you want to who helps you get to where you are now. This is your time, brother. Go ahead and thank
8: them. Yeah, there's, I mean, as every race car driver says, there's too many people to thank. But, you know, right now it's Alan East and Car Shield for putting me in this truck and, and giving me race trucks that can go win races. So um, but there's there's a, a list that this tape recorder doesn't have enough time on it to, to, to listen to.
7: Ross, thank you very much, and good luck tomorrow in the Sugarlands 250 here at Tyler Super Speedway. All
8: right, thanks. you.
7: Stephen, I was Ross Chastain there a couple of weeks ago here at Tyler Super Speedway. I had the opportunity to walk in his hall there and uh, and get a little quick interview because uh, his his time was, was limited. I want to thank him and uh, Neath Motorsport for giving me the opportunity to actually get the interview. But, Stephen, talk a little bit about Ross. I, I thought that was really funny about the. About the glass, you know, he said, uh, "You know, I'll just bust it right here." But this this young man, like I said, he's he's come up through JD Motorsports, and he had that deal with DC Solar and Chip Ganassi went real sour last year, and now the other day they announced that he will go full time racing for the number eleven college Racing team there in the NASCAR Xfinity Series in 2020. Talk a little bit about this young man and what he has accomplished. He's he's a really a gut driver. And he's really a fan-friendly driver, too, also, Steve.
1: Uh, the last draft thing is just really just an old-school driver that um, he's taken equipment that he's been given and probably, uh, well, he has um, outperformed the equipment that, that he's been given. I mean, you take a look at some of the runs, the top ten runs he's had at JD Motorsports, we all know that JD Motorsports isn't the most well-funded team, but he's been able to run competitively, and I think that's really what a lot of people have seen out of him, is just the grit and the never give up attitude out of him um, that just drives these cars above the, their limitations. and you know, he's, he's got an opportunity to get into the truck series and focus on winning a championship there. Um, you know, earlier this year, Ross Justin was the only driver uh, through about the first two or three months that ran every single national series event between Cup, Xfinity, and the truck. And while he scaled that back to focus on hopefully winning a championship for these nice motorsports, He's won four or five times this year already and uh, in the trucks, and, uh, when uh, you know, when you start looking at what he's been able to do in these trucks, and um, East Motorsports is uh, getting better equipment, better engineering, and that's helping him compete for this championship, but also looking forward, um, you know, you talked a little bit about the D.C. Solid thing where, you know, he had a ride with Ganassi, and that kind of fell through, and... Now he's getting an opportunity to come back into the extended series with good quality equipment that's, um, you know, engineered and um, provide help from Richard Childress Racing. So, you know, I think that you know, there'll be a lot of, um, you know, a, a, a Boss would be definitely competitive in the 2020 season um, between the uh, truck series, and I'm sure that he'll probably still get in the Cup cars every once in a while, or trucks, or something like that, but. You know, this is, um, this just shows that this, that, that Ross has the ability to go out there and race, has the ability to win, and he has the ability to build championship teams around him. And, um, you know, where equipment may be lacking, he more than makes up for it in driving ability.
9: And,
7: Stephen, while we're on the subject of, uh, Ross Chastain and, uh, and, uh... Nice Motorsports, you know, like I mentioned, uh, he, he signed a deal to go over there with Collard Grayson and Chris Rice and that bunch over there. And they actually, uh, I'm, you know, this is probably old news. Everybody's probably heard it. But they actually, they had a horror wreck on their way to uh, Kansas. Do you have any information on how the, I know they had a driver and they had a uh, co-driver that was there. Do you have any information on how everything's going on with them two guys?
1: Now, I really haven't seen any updates from college racing on what went on, but from the pictures I saw, it was, um, you could definitely tell that truck, uh, the hauler was um, was totally destroyed, and a lot of the equipment was destroyed. So, you yeah, know, they did take the drivers to um, the hospital, and they were both checked and released, um, but, you know, it's was a major loss for them And Richard Chuders Racing stepped up And provided the equipment That they needed um, To get to Kansas and compete
7: Exactly, Stephen You bring up a good point there uh, With Richard Chuders Racing stepping up there It's like, uh, you know, we always talk about on the show NASCAR is a tight-knit group They're a tight-knit family And I want to thank Richard Chuders Racing for helping that bunch out But Stephen, uh, I've got uh I've got the media center audio there with uh Ross Chastain and Chris Wright. It's pro. It's almost seventeen minutes. So I'm on. A- I'm gonna go ahead and play this, and then uh, we'll we'll come back and see how you' doing. But let's listen to what Ross Chastain and Chris Wright said to say in the media center at Kansas Speedway.
10: If you work for Matt Collig and him, it's no. It's never no consideration of not bringing our Nutrien Solutions car to the racetrack. But uh, we haven't accessed everything or got through everything yet, Bob. So I don't. Know what we can salvage or what we can't salvage yet. Um, our main concern is that our drivers were okay and everything was good there. So, once we get back to the scene, they they, they obviously had to take everything into a secure lot. And um, we have, you know, I will say we do have Ross's suit, the Neutronix solution suit. That was uh that was one of our main concerns. But until um, we get back and see what we do have, we don't know what we're gonna be able to salvage yet.
11: You have like backup parts and pieces that you're able to bring here? No, actually,
10: know? this car was uh, a car that we were going to bring to Texas, and uh, our backup car is a car RCR actually helped us with. It was Joe Graf Jr.'s car. It, it's in the trailer, but nothing out of that trailer has uh, was able to come here besides his helmet and his suit, so and his little chibi thing. Go next to Brett.
11: Brett Lamb, SpeedwayDigest.com. I have a question for both of you, but. For Ross, you won here in May in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series, and you're back here this weekend at Colleague Racing, and you just signed a deal for next season. How's your confidence level now going into the rest of the truck playoffs, and how does this deal help you go forward in that championship run?
8: Yeah, it's funny. When we walked up here, This the last time I was in here it was after we won, and I sat in this exact seat, so I was still covered in, in Gatorade, so I want to do that again. These seats are Gatorade-proof, if you're wondering. It's on you. So, uh, yeah, confidence is, is through the roof. You know, I, I feel more more confident uh, than I ever have. You know, Nutrient Ag Solutions started as a, a 3 race sponsor for me and two more with Elliot Sadler, and then that went to seven total this year. And now we've grown to 23. Uh, Chris Rice and Matt Colleague, they're investing into this team. You know, they came into this series, I, I don't I don't think a lot of people knew what to think but they're here and they're investing and stuff like what the terrible thing that happened a few days ago doesn't slow them down they I mean our our guys worked 30 some odd hours straight uh, to get this car ready I mean it was ready to go to Texas so it we're supposed to still have you know almost 10 days or something to get get it ready or two weeks so no this is the most confidence I've ever had Uh, I sleep better at night. I still don't sleep great, but I sleep better at night than I ever have, and you know, just hearing the confidence in my guys and Chris and, and everybody at Nutrient Act Solutions that this is, just, we're here for the long haul, so um, the short term is more races in the 10 car here in Texas, and the, those truck races, like you said, uh, we have to go execute, and we feel like, you know, the confidence at Nice Motorsports is high. Uh, the parts and pieces just like Chris and Matt, what Al nice and Cody Efall have given me with, and given my group with the 45 and the 44, um, what they've given us to go race is everything we need.
11: And for Chris, I'm always stumbling on the scanner feed, and, uh, you know, you're always – you have an upbeat. You have – you're always laughing, you know. How does that translate into performance-wise into a team whereas, you know, just being like all – serious and stuff, you know, it's still serious, but you're always out there trying to have fun, and you stand out from the other owners. Just talk about what you get out of that in a good way that puts positive energy into your team.
10: I'm glad you noticed that, because that is me. That's my mom. It probably came from my mom that runs South Boston Speedway, but if you notice from any time we have an incident at College Racing, I kind of go on a hiatus on my social media, because I am such a positive person um, that... If you every day I post something to help somebody and and the reason why is when I was a kid um, I, I mean I'll be dead honest with you I wasn't uh, I wanted to do more than what I did and I was not I was a bigger guy, so I couldn't so um, I always poor Chris uh, you know it was always poor Chris why 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 this and and then one day it clicked my mom and my dad are very successful at what they do and i I do that because I want to help everybody, somebody. It, you know, throughout the world, might need the positivity, and uh, that's a, that's the reason I do it. I don't do it to bring light to Chris Rice, or you know, we we hired AJ Allmendinger to come in. I know our race team is not ready to win at certain racetracks, so we need help to do that. You know, I, Justin Haley went out and got Justin Haley, somebody that can can be so good at at making points and doing things, and, and we get into the playoffs and we kind of fail him. You know, so. I have to pick the guys back up, and it's my job to do that. Matt Colic is amazing at doing that, even through the tough times. Um, so if, if I'm going to post that and be that person on social media, that's got to be Chris Rice. When you see him real life, sitting up here, uh, I've done it. The two wins that we've had, I walk into the to the media center, and I want I want everybody. I feel like it's always a funeral in there, and I want it to be happy because you guys make our sport. Uh, so. When you hear that from me, that's genuine Chris Rice because of those situations.
9: Okay, we'll go to Jeff, we'll go to Steve, we'll go to the gentleman in black, and then to Dustin.
11: Hey, Ross, Jeff Gluck from The Athletic.
8: Um, you know, when, when all these people around you were telling you, that's going to be fine, it's going to be fine when you were at your, your lower points, um, did you really believe them, or did you have doubts like, I don't know if it's going to be fine? No, I, I believed them because they believed in what they were saying. So, yeah, I believed them.
9: Post Motor Racing Network. Chris, do you ever get scared to answer your phone? I mean, when I look at the last few months going back to, to, to Nick's situation and, and some dust-up with the rules and, the, and, and and changes of drivers and new drivers, what what's what's the last couple of months been like? I know you shine on to be a team manager, but I'm, I'm not sure. You're getting a full dose of a little bit of everything.
10: Well, yes. I do get scared to answer my phone sometimes. I uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I think I, I I told everybody this the day that Nick passed away, Nick's phone called me. And I was it was 8:30 in the morning or whatever and and I was like, "Why is Nick calling me on on that morning?" And and when I picked up the phone and it was not Nick, it changed my life. So the other day when I'm I'm working on something with uh, our shop foreman My 11 group is calling me just regular calling me and I'm like oh gosh something's wrong I pick up the phone and the 10 trailer is is, has wrecked and I do not I I don't even know how to um, how to state it other than it takes your gut because this is something that I feel like the day Matt Colling and Blake Cook talked to me about doing this I put my heart and soul in because I knew that I wanted to build a winning race team for drivers that's gonna go on cup racing And with Matt's ability to to help us with sponsorship. So when people call me, um, yes, it's tough. And I told my my wife actually helped me when we was driving down there to the scene this weekend because there was no way I would have been a danger to everybody on the road. So I went and picked her up, and I said this words and don't ever say this. I'm going to go and tell you all this. What else can happen? Don't ever say that because that night driving home at 3 a.m., I got stopped by a cop, and we lost our dog. That night, we lost our dog that we have for 12 years that had actually basically saved my wife's life. So, when I said that, it, it, you always it is something else that can happen. Praise the Lord, we found our dog yesterday at 120, which is by the grace of God, it was four miles away, a little bitty dog. So, it's always something else. But the positive are we are in a great sport. I, I mean, everybody in this sport reached out to me from people. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs racing, Stuart Haas racing, Rodney Chiris. Uh, I, I, want, I want to call him out because he texted me and said, I'll send my entire team up there to help you if you need it. Just amazing the, uh, the amount of support. Uh, I'm calling Ross, trying to get him on the phone. He's in Phoenix, Arizona doing race stuff, and his phone's going crazy, so I'm sure he hates to see me call him. You know, and so it's like, yeah, I get very scared to answer my phone now. When my truck drivers don't call me, and I know we are to walk into the garage, I know we're good.
6: Hey, Jonathan Dale with the RacingExperts.com. My question go, first question goes to Ross. Uh, you've been doing a little bit of trucks, a little bit of Cup, a little bit of Xfinity. Will that continue next season? Now, too bad plans for full Xfinity schedule.
8: Yes. Yes, a lot. A lot of everything. A lot of everything I can get my hands on.
6: Awesome. And my question uh, goes over to Chris. Um, you've been doing, obviously, the 11 car full-time this season, the 10 and the 16 occasionally. Uh, will that continue? The third entry continue going into next season. Now that you have full time cars,
10: uh, absolutely. Um, our goal is to have a winning Xfinity program throughout all of our race cars, and to to be able to win, we need we need people to make our cars and and keep the 10 car and the 11 car at check. So we will race AJ Allmendinger at the road courses. Uh, we will run all the speedways with the 16 car, and um, we were sitting in victory lane at Charlotte, and AJ's like. I just want one thing, and I'm like, oh, gosh, he's going to ask for the purse, but he wants to run Martinsville, so we'll probably run him in Martinsville in the 16 car. So, yes, we will run as long as 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 everything keeps going, we will run three next year at certain times, but not all the time.
5: We'll go to Dustin, and then we'll finish off with Nate. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, Chris, we've got a couple quick questions. Uh, What's your dog's name? What kind of dog is it?
10: Uh, we have a opsa, it's a rescue. Um, and uh, what, what, what was that? It's a opsa, I guess you would say. It looks like a shih tzu. <laughs> and I like saying that because I don't very seldom cuss, and that sounds like I'm cussing, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a opsa and uh, its name is Kiki, K-I-K-I. And just a quick story, how it saved my wife's life is she's allergic to shellfish, and she woke my wife up one night, just kept beating on her and woke her up, and she was actually having an allergic reaction to the shellfish. And if not, she would have never woke up, and it would, it swells her throat. And that that dog is sentimental to us in many ways, but that's one of the big ways. And I'm telling you guys, if you ever dog ever ran away from you, that's a lot harder than losing a dog that just passes away.
5: <laughs> how, how long ago was that when uh, Kiki saved you?
10: Uh, it was a year, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, so so it's been a long time ago. Um, I, actually, Nicole got to meet Kiki at Talladega. Nicole's with nutri Solutions, and, and Kiki's a special dog. She either likes you or she doesn't. So Nicole's trying to rub her, and she's giving her, like, the half a teeth that she has, and I'm like, ah, oh, she might not want to touch you.
5: <laughs> and, 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 Chris, um, obviously, I know you've you referenced, I don't think anybody can imagine what you've gone through the last few months. And, obviously, every experience changes, molds us, and... Sometimes we see things we don't like. Sometimes we start making changes or what have you. How has all this impacted you in, in, in what ways? And is, is it too early to say you've changed in any ways? Or what are you trying to maybe work on as you've gone through these life-altering experiences?
10: Yeah, and that's, a, that, that, that's really a great question. And I think Ross can vouch for this because the days of when Ross and I were at each other, I've changed a lot um, I don't I do not expect tomorrow um, I, I just know that we're, we we I, I, I don't I don't ever know what day is coming next you know you when you deal with uh, what I've dealt with this year um, I, I, I I take what we have today and try to make the best of it and, and, and when I wake up tomorrow I'm I'm glad that I woke up and I'm gonna help the next person but I, I I'm not I'm ready at any time but I'm trying to change in a way that everybody that I see knows that I'm not a, a, a person. I'm very competitive. I will say that I'm still very competitive, and I still want to win races. And I'm, It's all about the 11 and 10, but at the end of the day, I, I, I love everybody that's on the, the earth, and I, I respect what everybody's done for me, our race team, my family, and, and I, I let everybody know that now to where before, when I was competitive, no matter if Ross walked by me, if he was racing against me, I wouldn't speak to him. I'll try to talk to everybody no matter whether they spun each other out the next day. That The racing is minimal to what I've went through this year. Nate?
6: Uh, Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Chris, just one more follow-up for you, and I apologize because I haven't heard the story, but when Nick Harrison's phone rang that morning, who, who was the person who was calling from his phone?
10: Um, oh, gosh. I'm getting old. Sorry. He drives a, he drives a modified. His Knicks, he drives a modified at Bowman Gray. Number thirty-one. He was, he was one of Nick's really good friends. I, I, I'll remember and tell you since as as we got off the stage. But I, um, uh,
9: we've all been there, brother.
10: Brett, Brett told me how to answer a question that I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know right off the get-go. Um, shoot, what's his name? Chris Knight. I know you know who he is. Number thirty-one drives it. He don't do it all the time. Zach Brewer. Brewer. Zach Brewer. It was Zach Brewer. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Zach in and, and he he was a he was, he keeps his modifieds at Nick's house, and in a shop outside Nick's house, and Nick would go out there and help him. And Zach don't run a lot, and it was Zach um, that called me on the, on the phone, and uh, as you can hear to my voice, it still gets me. You know, uh, it's tough. I was driving; we were headed down to this scene this weekend, and it was kind of the same way. You got to go to Nick's house, and I, I, it just brings back too many too many memories that you don't want to have, right? Like so. I know this was Ross's press conference, but I believe we, on Wednesday of yesterday, we turned it into a different one.
8: Yeah, and I was, you know, the, the Holler incident was scary. We are glad everybody's okay, but the the investment in Nutrient Act Solutions, Nicole's here. I'm going to call her out. That's Nicole with, with Nutrient Act Solutions. She's been a big part of getting me, you know, yeah, the racing is very minimal, but it's our lives. This is what we, we wake up, and this is this makes... Our, fam- our family lives either happy or sad. Like everything here revolves, just like all of us, it revolves around the racing. So, um, what nutrient Solutions and College Racing has done for me is uh, will never be forgotten, and, and we have so much to build on. Uh, a lot of people ask, like, did we already do too much this year? And it's like, no, that was just the very base. That was the foundation for what we're going to do and keep building this deal. So, thank you. Like Chris said, we've we've been at each other's throats, literally. Like not on, on pit road and uh we were past all that and actually made it better i think we got all that out and uh before we ever i ever drove his car this year i went up there to, to welcome to the shop and and walked in and just me and him and we stood there and we talked and we talked through everything and i said sorry he said sorry and now we're it was it was good so we're both on a little bit better path i feel like now of not so much anger so uh be happy everybody be happy live the watermelon life, smile. <laughs> That sounds good. Yeah,
10: and, and saying that I know you about out of time, but I want to tell you this one quick story about the incident. And I'm I'm gonna embarrass our our communications girl, Shana, so that we we're on a phone call yesterday, and they're asking me the same question that I think Bob asked me: What was salvageable? And uh, she goes with her little voice, she says, "Did you find my watermelon seeds?" <laughs> I said, "Do what?" You know, we were gonna give watermelon seeds out. Did you find them? I said, No, I didn't find your watermelon seeds. <laughs> so she had this great plan about Ross and and, and it it'll come to light and yeah, we we'll, had this
8: whole reorder some but Yeah,
10: we had this whole thing to give all of you guys and it was in the wreckage and she asked me,
8: Did you find them?
10: And that, just that nice of voice and I'm like, No, I didn't find
8: them. You guys are soon you guys will be able to plant your own watermelons. So we're gonna give you the seeds and everything on how to do it so next spring you'll be able to grow your own. So sorry we couldn't give them to you today though.
9: Well that's a harvest we're all looking forward to. <laughs> but uh congratulations on, on on the big news. Great having you here. Great uh great that uh you guys made it through everything okay. But uh good luck this
10: weekend. Yep. Thank, Thank you. Y'all. Thank you.
7: Stephen. that was uh Ross Chastain and uh Chris Rice there at the media center there at Kansas after uh I think it was that Friday morning. Uh their audio there after their holler crash there, like we had talked about earlier, and just talk a little bit about it. It's, you know Chris Chris Rice he's a he's a real good guy I'm friends with him on the Facebook, but just talk a little bit about Nick Harrison you know we lost Nick Harrison a few weeks back, and Nick was a Nick was the crew chief for Justin Haley there in the 11th car, and just talk a little bit about that brother and then we'll let you get the weekend schedule out we'll let you jump out of here brother.
1: Yeah, so that had come over with them when the team started and had been a part of RCR for quite some time. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, he was a chief for Justin Haley, and it helped all in their the sports, sports um, as they were getting into the Xfinity series and building their cars and bringing drivers in and, you know, helping with that. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, he had passed away a couple of weeks back, uh um, uh, due to a heart attack, I believe it was. I have to look at maybe it was a stroke, but you know, we did lose him a couple of weeks ago.
7: That's right, Stephen. And Stephen, uh, uh, I'm going to let you give out the weekend schedule, the uh, times, the radio, the TV going to Martinsville Speedway this weekend. You got the floor, brother. Go ahead and let everybody know.
1: Um. Mar, uh, from Martinsville Speedway this weekend, the uh, NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series 12 10.05 Saturday morning <coughs> with the uh, uh, Gander Outdoor Truck Series on NASCAR Hall of Fame, 200, 1.30 p.m. for those guys, 200 laps, 105.2 miles, uh, that'll be on FS1, MRN, Series XM Radio. Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series qualifying to follow uh, Gander Adler's Truck Series racing. Then on Sunday, um, Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series racing from Martinsville Speedway, 3 p.m. NBCSN has your television. MRN Series XM Radio uh, has your radio coverage of 500 laps, 263 miles from Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series to start the round of eight.
7: Sounds good, Russ. Let everybody know where they can follow you in on social media and your website, my friend. And we'll let you jump out of here. You follow us at Speedway Digest on
1: Twitter, Facebook
7: slash Speedway Digest, dot com. Stephen, thank you very much for everything you do for myself, the website, and everything. Y'all get Speedway Digest to follow there. Uh, a lot of great race coverage. Stephen, again, thank you very much. I know you're on the weather. Tell a.m. and boys, we said hello. And we'll talk to you next Tuesday, my friend. All right. Thanks, Steve. That was Steve Wilson at SpeedwayDigest.com. Under the weather. And still coming. That's just how much the gentleman loves racing. Again, uh, I'm Tim Despain. Uh, number to call in is 215 We're going to take a short break, and I've got a lot of media center audio that I don't want to post out there. But call, call in and give me. Give me your thoughts on this past weekend there at Kansas Motor Speedway. Uh like I said, number call is two one five three three thirty six eighty one. We'll be right back after this song from uh Thomas Ritt. Look what God gave
3: Don't even want the attention but you- He came down.
5: Matt Benedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry, and you're listening to the Pit Stop with Tim Despain.
7: We're back live from Degon Nation. I'm Tim Despain, Stephen Woodson. We had to let him go a little bit earlier. He's a little bit under the weather, but I want to thank him very much. And, again, I want to thank Paul Sigler for mobile one racing stopping by tonight. He's actually took my wife out to eat, and I'm sitting here doing a radio show. Go figure that, friends. Anyway, number to call in is 215. 383-3681. I uh, We've got a lot of audio stuff loaded up here tonight, and uh, I want to apologize that Steve and I will not be doing that much talking, but I want to listen to uh, Daniel Hamrick there at uh, Kansas Speedway. Put the number eight Richard Schilders car there on the pole, his first pole of his career in the Mosh Fusion NASCAR Cup Series. Let's listen to what Daniel Hamrick had to say to me this night there at Kansas Speedway.
9: Okay, everybody, we're going to go ahead and get started with uh, our Bush Pole Award winner for the 19th Annual Hollywood Casino 400. And it's none other than Daniel Hemrick, driver of the number eight Caterpillar Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing. If you have questions for our pole winner, raise your hand. We'll start with Dom, and we'll go to Breyer.
6: Dominic, how are you going? The racing experts in ESPN Radio Albuquerque. Based on practice speeds and before you climb in your car, how confident were you to sit on your first poll today? <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh... Uh, I should know better not to count out the guys on this Caterpillar Camaro z 18 team. You know, I, I've been on the good qualifying side of things, had a couple of top five qualifying efforts this year, and um, and our teammates knocked a couple of them out of the park with Austin Dillon and his group. And we've always thought if we're going to qualify up near the front and have cars that are really fast by themselves, we wanted to at least try to get one of these poles before the season wrapped up. But when I got in a car, I thought um, you know, I wasn't aware of what happened with the four-car and, and inspection and all that stuff. So. I felt like he was the guy who was going to be the big-time pole threat. Uh, I thought we'd be end up between 5th and 8th, and that's what I told my guys when I got out of the car. So I wasn't too, too pumped up about the lap I ran. And, and um, you know, as every car went by, I felt like our odds continued to increase. And um, we got down to 5 or 6, and I looked at who was left to run and just began to feel better and better about it. So, it's uh, you know, it, it is just the pole award, but it's uh, I, I think it's a, it's a bigger moment for this race team to be able to just, do something good together, have uh, have something to say we accomplished together. And uh, I was thinking about it when I was getting getting a pedal car a minute ago. I sat on a pole here in the Xfinity race last year, so uh, it's good to get a little stock of uh, pedal cars at the house now and just really proud of this group for continuing to come to the racetrack and, and work hard every week and give me an opportunity to go out there and, and have fast race cars and look forward to hopefully having it be just as good in the race. And how does winning this pole change your outlook for tomorrow's race? I don't really change the outlook. I mean, you know, I feel like well, I, I say that really – when we've qualified decent and, and fairly decent throughout times this year, uh, we've always still been in traffic. Well, now we have the opportunity with a clean start tomorrow to to control the air and be the guy out in clean air. And if we can do that, I feel fairly good about what we can do um, with clean racetrack. And if not, then we'll, we'll try to try to battle whatever we're faced with tomorrow. But definitely changes um, changes the confidence level as we go down
9: to turn one. Okay, we'll go to Breyer, then to Randy, and then to Trevor.
8: Uh, Breyer, start with Speedway Media. So, facing off of that, your statement there, how much of a confidence booster is this to you What's the up and down season that you've had?
6: I'm going to say it this way, boost confidence. I I think it's just cool to get a a check mark off of this race team, you know, and um, myself being a small part of it, it, it's good to get that, Um, but through all this stuff, I feel like my confidence hasn't really wavered one way or the other, Um, but in the mix of everything that's going on right now from a personal side to a, to a racing side, and trying to align all that stuff and position yourself for, for the future, um, this definitely doesn't hurt all that.
4: Randy?
2: Hey Daniel, uh, Randy Covert's Kansas City Star. I got a two-parter. One, because of all this attention on, on, on the playoff drivers and the eliminate, did so you kind of feel good to sneak in there and, <laughs> and, and, and grab a little uh, something for yourself?
6: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, no better way to get talked about than go out and outperform those guys. And that's why I'm proud of this, this eight group for allowing us to do that. I mean, listen, I, I got to leave Pitt Road and get up to speed good and try to make the shortest distance I can, but if the race car won't do it, then it won't do it. Um, so those guys de- deserve all the credit for this poll. And, and to know that, yeah, we're able to take some focus off those guys and and, um, and have some attention on us. I mean, these guys have busted their tails every single week um, since, you know, we, we said we're going to do this deal together. So it's good to see them get some recognition and uh, take a little of that
2: focus off. And do you think... It's hard to speak for others, but you and, and the 38. Do you think some of the playoff drivers were not as concerned with qualifying as opposed to being ready for the, for the long run tomorrow?
6: Yeah, I do agree with that. It's definitely going to be a, a little different race um, than what we had here in the spring. Obviously, the night race in the spring is gripped up, and I think your your balance can tend to be a little bit more trimmed out and, and faster you know, single-car speed. Um, but really, anything we did yesterday to make mine feel like it wasn't as fast, it did just that, but it didn't really drive any differently or any better. So uh, we just tried to commit to the strength of a race car that we brought. Um, I didn't necessarily think it said, like I said, I didn't think it was going to be a pole race car, but um, it was. And, you know, I think in certain instances in life, right, you got to throw a Hail Mary, and uh, our Hail Mary is, is having a fast race car, and hopefully we can take advantage of it tomorrow.
9: Trevor Mater NASCAR College Media Program. With everything that's transpired and the uncertainty in 2020, have you put any added pressure on yourself the rest of the season?
6: Not at all. I mean, I've always said that if, if you lay your head down at night and, and know you couldn't have done anything different or don't have to second guess anything you've done, you've done all you can do. And um, through everything, through mistakes I've made, through mistakes we've made as a team, through all that stuff this year, good results, bad results, uh, I knew we all gave 110% effort and, and that's all you can ask for we're in this position. So it hasn't really changed any of my outlook or, or where I feel like I'm at throughout the season. Um, we just go out to try to try to achieve the goals we've set before us, and um, you know this was one of them. Didn't necessarily like I said, think it was gonna come here at Kansas, but it did, and uh, hopefully we can continue to mark more of those off as uh, the coming weeks.
9: Steve, Steve Conley, PRN. Uh, we've heard a lot of drivers talking about that if you qualify good, you're probably not gonna race very well. You, you mentioned uh, your car didn't seem to change much in practice. What is your outlook for tomorrow, and how good is your car firing off? Because restarts seem to be so key lately.
6: You know, I told my crew chief Luke Lambert when I got out of practice yesterday, we finished the last practice, no matter what we did, every set of tires they put on, I thought my car really, not only came up to speed well, but it drove really, really well firing off. And um, being in the position we are with clean air and whatnot, I think that'll be huge for tomorrow. Um, and I do believe, yeah, a lot of the guys' thought processes is if you, if you qualify good, you're not going to race good. But I feel like a lot of the the Stuart Haas guys, especially the four, it's kind of been on his own island, has been able to do it and do it effectively. Um, over the last couple of weeks, and and it can be done. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been on the other side, you know, pushing for slower single car race cars and and give me the drivability. But um, when you get to the racetrack, you're committed. So uh, I'm not hands-on. I'm not building the bodies. There's a lot of smarter people way above me that are making those decisions. So when it gets here, it's, it's our goal as an eight group to to make the most out of what we got, and just so happen that it's a. It's a fast race car. That's what we got to deal with this week and, and try to make it drive as best as you can in traffic. Um, but nobody's car drives better than a guy who has clean air, and hopefully we can continue to maintain that tomorrow after the start of the race.
9: Do we have any additional questions?
7: Daniel Scott Stiles, Fox Sports Radio. Your thoughts yesterday of having a good practice session then the rain overnight, the perspective and the thought process of a driver going out there, putting down a good lap on a, on a
6: basically a new track today. No, really, in the driver's seat, I was talking to a couple of drivers walking out to qualifying that when you have a situation with the rain and whatnot and cool temperatures, the racetrack just is so gripped up. And with this package, everybody's running wide open in qualifying, especially when it's one lap, only green racetrack. So any balance concerns or whatnot we thought we may have had in qualifying, in our qualifying trim run yesterday, I knew all that would go out the window. So you didn't have any any instances of, of, of concern of if you're gonna have a bobble as you're coming up the green around the wall or none of that stuff so it allows you to be really really confident and aggressive when you're up to speed lap and uh, I think having that confidence allowed us to allow me to really shorten the racetrack up a lot and and maximize what our race car was was good at and luckily it worked out for us. Sterling? Sterling Siemens with KCOU. Uh, last year when you were running in the Xfinity Series you started on the pole and led the most laps for this race in the fall uh, now you're qualified on the pole uh, just a few minutes ago, it seems like you really have a knack for this track. Uh, would you say that Kansas Speedway is your the best track that you can perform at? I wouldn't have said that, but you know after uh, we left here last fall, I felt really confident in what I wanted what I needed, um, but such totally different race cars we have, we have a different left side tire this week a lot of a lot of differences from allowing me to tell you yes, but uh, I do think there are certain things you have to look for for your car to do really, really well here and um we got my race car here this weekend to do some of that stuff. Um, hopefully, like I said, having clean air tomorrow like we didn't have when I put myself in dirty air situations yesterday will we'll pay off and uh, allow me to continue to, to laps and perform here. And um, we're just looking, you know, trying not to get too far ahead of ourselves. We have a long race for us tomorrow, and hopefully it leads to us having a solid day.
2: Randy? Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still looking for your first NASCAR national win, right? Yes, sir. So what what would that mean tomorrow? <laughs> just just put that in
6: perspective. It would it would mean a mean a lot to the current situation. I mean I can promise you that. Um, it, you know it's just one of those deals where, you know you go to the racetrack every week and with one mindset and one goal and for whatever reason it just hasn't worked out and um, I'm fortunate to know that you know some of the the biggest stars past and present that have been in our sport um, have continued to have my back even though the, the lack of wins in the win column in the national series but. I think because of that, a lot of those guys have raced with me, seen me race in a lot of different divisions, growing up short track racing, doing it the way I had to do it, that they know if given the right opportunity in the right situation, I'll exceed and excel, and those wins will come when it's meant to be. So, you know, I just try not to beat myself up too much about it. Um, Like I said, when when I sat down here a minute ago, lay your head down at night, you did all you can do. That's all you can do. So, um, hell, wind, or high water, I feel like that's all I've done my entire career and look forward to continue to do that wherever that ends up. Right.
8: So, You laid down a pretty fast lap last night, too, in practice, and I know that was in the night. Can you translate anything that you learned from that practice to the daytime tomorrow?
6: No, not necessarily. I mean, obviously, yesterday was, you know, about 8 to 10 degrees hotter, 8-ish degrees hotter than what we're going to have come tomorrow when we get the green flag. And as the lights came on, that initial first 10 to 15 minutes may be similar to track conditions of what we'll face when we go green tomorrow, but... There's nothing quite like the Sun when the Sun is actually shining the racetrack you know the ambient temperature versus uh, the track temp or whatnot it's it's a big difference Um, so I think ultimately that first practice was closer to what we can balance our race cars off of and um, you know usually when you're in hotter temperatures like that your car is just magnified in which direction just going to build looser tide and um, with it being cooler tomorrow I think it's just gonna make everybody's issues be a little bit more band-aid kind of like the night race was and we were here in the spring Um, but I think with this tire we have, left side tire, it's going to go through a big transition of how cars uh, perform, taking off, as well as how far they fade. Um, hopefully we've got a pretty good mix of all that stuff. I'll be the first to know, that's for sure.
9: Jim? Jim dot motorsport.com. You guys have shown speed since the very beginning of the season, particularly in practice sessions on Friday. Uh, I was just wondering, in your opinion, have you how much progress have you made in being able to translate that over uh, into a race on sunday do you think you're still making progress or have you kind of hit a bubble
6: I think we're still making progress and and um you know just being hundred percent transparent I wasn't necessarily pumped yesterday about how my race car felt like it drove and and um you know the things that would and wouldn't do well I, I was hoping they'd do a lot of things differently than what it did based off the bodies and the cars we built here for the spring because we attacked it totally different um, to the question i mean I, I really believe that we are continuing to evolve with this package and our performances and finishes may not show like we've made a net gain across the company but our running position is, is four to five spots better than earlier in the season we were just qualifying and completely plummeting um at the drop of the green we're able to maintain that track position we're able to do some things we just have been able to fully execute um and when we have we've been able to run top 10 um and compete near that seventh eighth ninth ish which is where i feel like we're as a company if we do everything perfect Um, There's a lot of variables, it's a long race, and a lot of it goes into what you unload and what you bring on on Fridays. And I think we've closed that gap from practice and qualifying to the race and what we need. And um, that's just a constant evolution that's happening throughout our organization, throughout our sport, that um, it's just something we're all having to figure out on the fly. And some race teams have progressed faster than others, and I feel like we've continued to go in the right direction. It's just been a little bit of a slow process.
9: Daniel, congratulations on your first Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series pull. Certainly won't be the last. Appreciate it, man. Thank Pick you. Thank you, guys.
7: That was Daniel Hamburg folks, there in the media center at Kansas Speedway after he won his first pole for the number eight Caterpillar Chevrolet there for Richard Shields Racing. We're going to go ahead and end it tonight. I want to thank uh, Stephen Wilson, com for joining us. Like I said, it was a little bit under the weather and we had a lot of stuff to talk about, but we're going to go ahead and jump out of here. And next week, we're trying to get uh, Clint Boyer, We will let you all know on social media. But, again, I'm Timmy Spank with the Pit Stop Radio, and he's Stephen Wilson at com. We will talk to you next Tuesday evening live from Talladega, Alabama. Have a good one until next
4: Tuesday. Good night, my friends.
7: One church town There's a gold dirt road To a whole
5: lot of nothing Got a deed to the land But it ain't my ground This is God's country We pray for rain Thank Him when it's falling Cause it brings a grain And a little bit of money We
7: put it back in a plate I guess that's why they call it God's country I thought
0: Car driver Brad Kislowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>